is good, everybody. Welcome to The Look Ahead, part of the SB Nation NFL show. I am Rob Stats Guerrero from Niners Nation, and with me, as always, on a Thursday from Blog and the Boys, RJ Ochoa. What's up, RJ? Stats, great to be with you. Great to see your bright, shining face. We were talking just before we started streaming and recording. You're in a fantastic mood. Yep. Uh, nothing can get you down. Uh, you said you were going to have McDonald's for lunch. Uh, <laughs> you're going to. You actually, I'm very anxious to hear. Uh, took my advice on the subject uh, of McDonald's on a documentary uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, so uh, maybe a, a subject for a different day. But uh, <laughs> I do want to say Happy St. Patrick's Day to you. Uh, big surprise, Uncle Stats, in his uh, usual crotchety way, not wearing green. Uh, you know, probably thinks it's stupid that anybody would have fun in life no that's not it at all i have no problem with saint patrick's day to be honest with you i forgot it was saint patrick's day so i threw on a red hoodie forgive me my son is wearing green he went to school in a no shenanigans shirt so then how did you forget if you if you saw your son how did you forget dude you don't you've, know you've been caught in a lie to try and get two kids ready and out of the house in the morning like mm -hmm. it's a whirlwind you i'm lucky they both had pants on okay <laughs> Uh, before we get into today's show, I want to remind you that we're brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Go download it right now. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Sign up today. Use code SBNNFL for a special offer. That's code SBNNFL only at DraftKings. All right, RJ. Here's what we are going to do. Free agency, is, it's not over. There's definitely some names that are still left out there, but a lot of names have come off the board already. So we are going to give out some free agency superlatives, uh, awards that we come up with. We are going to give them out to anybody we want. And uh, based on what has happened or what has not happened, so to speak, as we all sit and wait for the decision of Deshaun Watson, uh, for anyone that hasn't been paying attention as we sit and record this, it is almost quarter after 10 a.m. Eastern time on Thursday, the latest news from Nick Underhill says that the Saints brass have met with Deshaun Watson a second time. That was last night. And they are putting on a full court press to try and bring him to New Orleans. Are we ready to start the superlatives? Because I have a Deshaun related one. Is that like, is this the point of the conversation where we do that? Or? Boy, that worked out so nice for us. It's mm -hmm. almost like we planned it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, my first superlative, and I'll go slow stats because I know you're going to type to you know get the banners ready for the visual audience. You know, if you're a podcast listener, I mean, we love you, but you know you're missing out. Head to the Espionation NFL YouTube channel, um, as the influencer influencers say, smash that subscribe button um, and uh, and follow along. Um, my first is um, that you know, like the, it's it's the pre pettiness award. The NFC South, I, you can't even say the NFC South is the most petty division in the NFL. But the Atlanta Falcons, the New Orleans Saints are the most petty division rivalry in the world. I know that you stats are like, oh, the 49ers and the Seahawks are super petty division rivals. No, it's, it doesn't work that way. The Falcons and the Saints hate each other in ways that no other division rivals hate each other. Like people hate each other, but there's a special type of hatred. And so reports are, at least as of this morning, by the time or at the time we are streaming slash recording, that Deshaun Watson is down to the New Orleans Saints and the Atlanta Falcons. Tough times for the Cleveland Browns uh, and, um, you know. The Carolina Panthers, like so the womp Carolina womp. Panthers, are so are so insignificant that they're not even <laughs> like involved in this. And so this is this is the the precursor to an ultra act of pettiness between these two teams among whoever wins Deshaun Watson, if you want to call it that, um, and whoever doesn't. Whoever lands Deshaun Watson is going to hoard it over the other 
forever and ever and ever, and they're probably going to sweep the other this year in their two games, and it is going to be a talking point between those two teams. You know how that is. Like, there, there are these crazy, like, you know, sort of flashpoints, butterfly effect moments in NFL history where, where something happened, and, and players, you know, I, I think back to DeMarco Murray choosing the Philadelphia Eagles in free agency. Like, that was this, like, how dare you? You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and so this will create another chapter in the pettiness that is Atlanta Falcons-New Orleans Saints rivalry. First of all, on the Carolina Panthers, Josh Norris had a really good tweet. He wrote, the Panthers spent the last 400 days attempting to trade for Deshaun Watson, Matthew Stafford, and dreaming of Aaron Rodgers. Now they enter 2022 with Sam Darnold and fill in the blank. Pathetic, a monumental failure, and a major reason why they have taken steps backward for two straight seasons. I totally agree with you. But you're right about this. I love this because this elevates the rivalry, right? This stirs the pot. This is when if Deshaun Watson chooses the Saints, when he goes into Atlanta, he is public enemy number one. He is going to be booed and vilified and vice versa. So the fact that it has come down to two teams in the same division is unbelievable. Honestly, I'm kind of stunned it's come down to either one of these two teams. Like if just from a football standpoint, and I can't believe I'm going to say this sentence out loud. The Browns seem like the best spot. I don't know, man. I mean, not if he, like not if he wants to air it out, right? Like, I mean, look, we're talking about Deshaun Watson, the football player. There's obviously a lot to this subject, but I mean, he's he's itching to to play. He's itching to air it out. He's itching to kind of flex his football muscles and show off his football greatness. Right. I mean, you know, Cleveland isn't that spot for a quarterback. Like, great, Deshaun, you're going to go, you know, flex these football muscles, handing it off to Nick Chubb 20 times a game and, and Kareem Hunt, you know, 12 more. Um, you know, Cleveland did just trade for Amari Cooper. Uh, Jarvis Landry's on the way out. And, and granted, the Browns have a great defense. But, I mean, I, I think the long-term play might be the NFC South because, if, if you know, the Panthers are the Panthers, as Josh Norris indicated you're going to choose one of the Saints of the Falcons and leave the other in disarray. And at some point, conceivably, Tom Brady has to leave. I mean, whereas <laughs> in the AFC North, you not only have to contend with the AFC at large, but you have to contend with Joe Burrow. You have to contend with Lamar Jackson, who I know the Oddcast hates. I mean, so it's a, it's a much more difficult road, in my mind, going to Cleveland. Honestly, like, what's the attraction? There's nobody in Atlanta. Like, there's nobody on that roster. At least New Orleans. There's there's Kyle Pitts. Great. At least New Orleans can say, we have Alvin Kamara. We have Michael Thomas. We have some playmate. Taysom Hill can do some stuff. Now Taysom Hill can do some stuff. Okay, stats. Yeah, some stuff. He can catch the ball. He He can't play quarterback. That is not among the stuff he can do. But I just, I don't know. I don't see Atlanta at all. What's the attraction in New Orleans? If Sean Payton was still there, I could see that. Like, you give me Sean Payton and Deshaun Watson, then I'm like, holy hell. Like, Look out for the Saints. That's pretty good. But if without him there, I have no Dennis Allen. Like, that's really your guy here. That's what you're counting on. I will say an interesting wrinkle in this. I just saw this like moments ago. Um, Your guy, Mike Florio, who actually was on the podcast this week. Uh, noted that the Matt Ryan restructure, which again, these are Florio's words, reported as a done deal six days ago, has not happened. Yes. Um, so, I mean, I know that's been a talking point, but that's that's very relevant in this moment because the fact that it has not happened, you know, allows for a higher room of flexibility to trade him. And Florio adds, if the Falcons would be trading Matt Ryan, it'd be helpful to do it today. He earns $7.5 million roster bonus tomorrow. So, yeah, they'd probably want to get a deal done today. So, like, I actually think 
I think that the Saints are better at being petty than the Falcons, right? Like in, in terms of the pre-pettiness award. So in the interest of seeing the most pettiness, most drama, most toxicity from one NFL fan base to another, I would like to see Deshaun Watson end up in New Orleans, right? <laughs> However, I do think the more interesting domino effect is if he winds up in Atlanta, because then what happens with Matt Ryan? That has to conceivably impact what happens with Baker Mayfield. Also, yep. what happens with your boy, Jimmy Garoppolo. 100%. So th th that's the more interesting NFL-wide shakeup in my mind. Uh, but again, if I have to choose a side between Atlanta and New Orleans, I'm, I'm taking New Orleans every time. I, I think that Deshaun is – it's crazy to me that those are the teams. Like, I'm stunned. But that's where we are, and uh, he's probably going to wind up in the NFC regardless, which is not good news for your team and my team, 49ers and the Cowboys. But nonetheless, we'll see where he goes. Uh, obviously, we'll keep you updated throughout the show if anything does happen. Uh, but we're going to continue here with our free agency superlatives. Next up, RJ, and I hate to do it. I don't think you hate to do it at all. Yeah, I don't. I want you to do it. it. I want you to do it. This this is like you know, like in the movies where like you know, like like it, or you're Natasha and I'm Hawkeye, and it's like we have to fight, like who gets to roast me, and I'm like I'm gonna do it, and you're and then you're like no, I'm gonna do it. I'm like just just do it. Like I'm totally cool with this. I'm I'm at peace. Go ahead. I'm going to give my first superlative to the Dallas Cowboys, and it's called the Notre Dame Award. It's so insulting to Notre Dame. It kind of is, to be honest with you. Here's my point with that and why I go that route. Notre Dame gets all kind of like attention and notoriety and people always talk baby. about Notre Dame and you know the gold helmets and all this stuff. It's so prestigious. Notre Dame hasn't won a national championship in 34 years. They haven't won a national title since the 80s. Like why do they continue to get all this attention? They're just not that good. They really aren't. And that's honestly, when I look at the Dallas Cowboys, it's the same thing. Oh, America's team. We're always talking about the Cowboys, right? There's always something going on. They're an awful organization, RJ. There is no other way to put it. I know Washington gets dragged through the mud, and they should because they've deserved it. But Dallas is coming up fast, and it's been that way for a long time time they haven't made an nfc championship game as you know since 1995 they've got an owner who has a allegedly a secret family for the past quarter century they've got a pr guy or had a pr guy that allegedly was peeping at cheerleaders in the locker room like it takes everything that you have to win a super bowl it takes every ounce of effort and attention and even if you get all that stuff right you still have to get some luck and the dallas cowboys are so far away from that RJ they alienated Randy Gregory they chased him out of town Von Miller was supposedly interested in the Cowboys for some reason I have no idea why he would be they didn't get that done at all reportedly Dak Prescott was the only one that was even trying to get that done but I do not get the prestige and the America's team and all of that stuff with the Dallas Cowboys like what is attractive about them right now so a few things here first of all um Notre Dame, everything you said is accurate. But what I will say is, again, where this is insulting um, to the to the fighting Irish, poetically so, uh, on St. Patrick's Day of all days, um, <laughs> is is that they have at least made it to a national championship game. They really? lost. I mean, they got destroyed by Alabama <laughs> 10 years ago. Um, you know, the real champion of that college football season was Texas A&M by way of the transitive property. Alabama had one loss, and it was, of course, to Johnny Menzel uh, in Tuscaloosa. No big deal. Uh, but anyway... Um, 
I mean, I, 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 I'm going to stick to just football. Every, everything you said, you know, all, all, there's a lot of allegations around the Cowboys. And, and I mean, to, to be literal and fair is not the right word, but just to be literal, a lot of these things are, are allegations at this point in time. But as far as football is concerned, all of the Cowboys are is leverage right now. I mean, Zedaria Smith, you know, comes out, you know, he had been long connected to the Baltimore Ravens, long connected, comes out, well, the Cowboys have interest. Why do the Cowboys have interest? Because Zedarius wants more money. Zedarius gets more money from the Baltimore Ravens. Von Miller, all the chatter on Tuesday. Von, Von wants to go to Dallas. And he, that, like, according to some people, that was completely and totally true. But then Von gets the bag from the Buffalo Bills. It's Patrick Peterson goes on NFL Total Access on Wednesday evening. He, he has a list of teams who he's interested in, the Dallas Cowboys among them. He said this last year. Why? Because the Dallas Cowboys are this big magnet of attention. You know, people are not dumb. I mean, you know, I'm, we talked about uh, Alabama beating Notre Dame. Tua, when Tua was entering the draft two years ago, he did an interview with NFL Network. He said he wanted to play for the Dallas Cowboys. Miles <laughs> Garrett, when he was entering the draft, he I don't know if you remember the stats, he recorded a video where he actually pleaded with Jerry Jones to trade Tony Romo. This was coming off of Dak Prescott's rookie year. Jeez. For the number one overall <laughs> pick so that they could select Miles Garrett. Deshaun Watson, who we just spoke about in that same draft in 2017 during an awards ceremony, in Dallas, where Jason Garrett was present, uh, was accepting an award and, and kind of jokingly said, look, Garrett, I know you have Dak and everything, but I would love to play in Dallas, you know, et cetera, yep. et cetera, et cetera. I mean, that's all they are. They are just a tool in the overall game. They're an important character. They're the longest standing character on this crazy, you know, uh, what, what's a what's a, a, cra- a long running uh, soap opera? Like, you know, give me a name. Uh, Days of Our Lives. Days of Our Lives. That's what it is. They're the longest-running character on Days of Our Lives. Dr. Drake Romano uh, from Days of Our Lives, actually. But, um, dude, Drake Ramore, it's, wasn't it? Drake Ramore, you're right. Wow. that's a, I'm so good at Friends trivia. I'm really disappointed in myself, by the way. Uh, also, like, think about it. Like, Friends started in 1994, which was actually the last season that your team won the Super Bowl, but yep. effectively started when the Cowboys drought began. And it has literally been so long that that show ran for 10 years, was <laughs> off the air, and then shot an entire like reunion special all in the span that both of our teams have yet to taste glory uh, in the ultimate way. You know, I- I'm I'm in a really bad way with the Cowboys right now. Again, I can sti- tell. Ju- sticking just to football, which is hard to do. Um, Every year, this is what they do in free agency. They sit the first wave out. They don't want anything to do with it. You got to play, you, you know, Stephen Jones's mantras. You, you can't pay good players great money. Here's the thing, Stephen Jones. What you are doing is not working out for you. Uh, a great friend of mine uh, covers the Cowboys for 105.3 The Fan, the, the flagship station of the Cowboys in DFW, Bobby Belt. He had a great tweet. I love this stats on, um, on I'm looking for it right now. Um, I, I'm not gonna have to paraphrase it, but it was on Wednesday evening when the Von Miller thing happened. Um, as I, by the way, I see a, a comment from Devin Yaboas that says the Cowboys are very much like Manchester United and how both teams are used for leverage. Devin, you'll be happy to know that I am also a Manchester United supporter. <laughs> uh, but Bob, getting back to the point, you know, a lot of people stats saying, "Oh, you know, Cowboys shouldn't have overpaid for Von like this. It's six years, one twenty, blah blah." Like it really isn't that when you look at guaranteed money, but whatever. And getting back to my friend Bobby's tweet, um, you've seen the movie The Forty Year Old Virgin, I imagine. I have. One- okay, do you remember the the quote from the the one character that works at the tech store where he says, "You know." right isn't working for you man you need to try some wrong dog like do you remember that that's that's who like how was this is not working like like this this penny pinching frugal philosophy of a disposition is not 
working, signing the, the second and third wave guys, letting your own players leave, purposefully destroying your roster is is not a good thing. And yes, they play in this terrible division. Yes, they play in the weaker conference. But I'm like, I, and I tweeted this out on, on, on Wednesday evening stats, the Buffalo Bills, who, my Buffalo Bills, lost a playoff game by 13 seconds. They lost a game that they probably win 999 out of a thousand times, right? Yep. Like they lost it in the, the one out of a thousandth way. And instead of saying, you know what, man, we, we lost one out of a thousand, you know, like next year will be one of the 999. We're good. They said to hell with that. We are going to pour it on. We are going to double and triple down. We are here now. We are here to be all in now. We do not want to wait. And I greatly respect that disposition. I'm so proud to be a pseudo Buffalo Bills fan to have been circling the wagons here on the Espination NFL show in spite of all the hatred I've gotten from my colleagues whereas the Cowboys are, are conceivably or were conceivably in this same sort of position and yet what have they done they have traded away Amari Cooper they toyed with cutting DeMarcus Lawrence I don't know if you saw this he did an interview this week where he said his initial offer from the team was one year for 10 million dollars which Whoa. is just laughably dumb they are about to get rid of Lyle Collins in all likelihood. They let Connor Williams go. So they're about to be down three starters on the offensive side of the ball, an offense that cratered over the second half of the season. And then you get all the Cowboys fanboys. Well, that's okay. Micah Parsons is here. Micah Parsons is amazing. He might very well be the best defensive player in the NFL. That is possible. But there is a natural defensive regression coming in all likelihood. You are not going to get all the turnovers. You are not going to get all those Trayvon Diggs interceptions. That is going to regress to the mean and the offense being worse creates an overall less product. It's it's dumb. I mean, like there, there's no better way to describe this ineptitude. I, I'm... None of it is surprising. And that, that's the last thing I'll say. You get all these people like, how, how are people surprised? This is the way the Cowboys operate. Nobody is surprised. We are frustrated and pissed off. There's that old saying, you either get better or you get worse, but you never stay the same. And it is unquestionable right now that the Dallas Cowboys are a worse team than they were when last year ended. And I don't know that they're going to do anything that's going to change my, not, my mind between now and the start of the regular season. And I just, I don't get the the attention and the fascination with the Dallas Cowboys. They should be ignored until they do anything of relevance. They won't, though. I mean, the closest they came um, was, was them getting taken off of Sunday Night Football, incidentally, in a game that they played against your San Francisco 49ers uh, two years ago. And, you know, the problem with that was what Jalen Smith, who's now no longer part of the team, said when he said, oh, if Jerry's not mad about it, then I'm not mad. And that's just kind of the way, you know, that's the status quo in Dallas. I mean, the the, the checks stay cash and everything's good. And they, they will be the most valuable sports team in the world, according to Forbes's list in, in a little bit you know a few months or whatever manchester united will be right behind them and uh you know the the you know dick sporting goods is top 50 jersey sales this will come out micah parsons will be there dak prescott zeke elliott etc and you know on and on and on we go the circus never ends you've said it better than i could rj all right well, do you have another superlative for us i do um are you ready yes okay so uh i'm actually um looking for exactly what this stands for um here we go um my award, my superlative, and you have to get the spelling right here, is the woof.com award. Uh, you might recall 
in i believe it was season seven of the office ryan uh ryan the fire you know starter of course um started woof which uh was bought by washington university public health fund uh was a big old thing big old you know process big old corporate launch from uh ryan again in this episode of the office what does this have to do with us that's well i'll tell you you know I'm I'm a big fan of Pete Carroll and 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 he he was a great coach and and he 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 gave us opportunities to succeed and you know we we did some great things in Seattle I mean I'll, I'll always be a Seahawk but um but I, I'm here I'm here to change things and 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 be part of a culture and a, and a winning team and um you know and and I'm I'm not afraid of a challenge I'm not afraid of anything and um I, I'm just privileged to be the the latest great quarterback uh, in, in this organization's storied history uh, uh, another right, two, another, no, another two sport athlete right. Right, John. I mean, you know, John told me he had two two gloves in, in his office, and I think we might go uh, go play some catch out, out on the I practice can't take field. It but, anymore. Uh, but but we're here now, and so Broncos country, let's ride, Russ, dude. Like it was, everybody joked stats. Everybody joked. Oh, Russ is definitely going to have a new catchphrase with the Denver Broncos. Everybody took this low hanging fruit of a joke. I got personally a lot of content out of it, if you couldn't tell, and. He did it, <laughs> like, dude. Like, what, what, like, what are you doing? Like, j- just, just go play football. You know, I love Russell Wilson, I really do. But this was a little bit lame. Um, and what's also lame is this is the best thing you could come up with, Broncos country. <laughs> let's ride. Um, and I just, it's a matter of time until that is its own thing. He owns Broncos Country. Let's ride. dot com. Um, you know, like it is, it is so sad how predictable it was that Russell Wilson would be just as corporate with a new team. He spent time thinking about that. That's the part. And it's the off season, whatever. Like, I don't care. But it's just, it's so absurd. It's so hokey and pathetic. And, you know, he said in the press conference, oh, I've I've watched every Broncos game from last year twice. And Barstool Bickhead had a good tweet and just said, this is a hilarious lie, which is true. Like, first of all, so what? Who cares? Second of all, like, there's no way for any of us to verify it. And you know my my thing, RJ, the three things that I don't like that you never have to tell people. I'm good looking, I'm smart, and I'm hardworking. And Russ loves to tell people how hard he works. And it just rubs me the wrong way. Go do it, man. Just go do it. You can You can do all the stuff you do. You can work as hard as you work without telling a single soul. And you know what? It's about time you start because you've been pretty disappointing in the playoffs recently. I mean, this was my award, and I don't want to like immediately detract from it, but I just saw a tweet stats that I cannot not describe. Oh, uh, <laughs> so uh, a lot of quarterbacks have changed teams so far. Uh, we're waiting on some others, obviously. Uh, among them, Carson Wentz. Did you see? Um, I know you shared a photo with us on Slack uh, with BLG oh, and I um, of him wearing the the Letterman jacket, which is like a lame franchise move in general. But did you see the video of him on the on the plane as he was seemingly headed to DC? You're uh, yes. Up. And so he said, um, "Like, what's up, guys? It's Carson." And he said, uh, "You know." Uh, and I'm excited to, as we all know, begin the process to take command. And it just, I literally almost burst out laughing. Like, okay, it's its so hard to take seriously. Um, so it seems that Carson is next for the press conference to announce uh, franchise uh, quarterback. And Stats, have you seen the photo that I'm talking about, what he's wearing? Let's just say Carson is all in on the commander's color scheme. He is wearing... Um, 
This is more like a red shirt. I wouldn't say this is quite burgundy. Maybe like a wine-colored shirt. You know what I mean? Like uh, you know, somewhere between wine and burgundy, red and burgundy. It's it's kind of lighter, right? He's wearing a jacket. Okay, respect. You know, you gotta take this seriously. This is a job, corporate America. The jacket is not quite gold. It is not quite yellow. I don't know how to describe this stats. I'll leave it to you. It's mustard. He looks like a hot dog. I was actually thinking he looks like, um, it reminded me of Ronald McDonald. That's what he looks like. It's really bad. And like, first of all, why wouldn't you just reverse those? Like you could have like a dark red, like a nice With a yellow jacket. shirt. Yeah. Like, totally. That I mean, looks too similar to the Hall of Fame jacket. Uh, that's bad vibes. Bad vibes there. Shocker in Washington. It's already off to a bad start. Um, Dude, I mean, what? Just, wow. But anyway, Broncos country. Let's ride. I mean, oh, dude, it was God. just so cringy. It was so cringy. And then, like, Nathaniel Hackett's quote that was, like, all over the place was kind of on my radar, too. Did you see, you know what I'm talking about? When he swore and he was like, oh, bleep, guys. It's Russell Wilson. Well, he was like, Russell Wilson. Wow, wow. Like this. <laughs> he might as well just done that. You know what I mean? It's like, dude, just relax. I mean, just chill out. This, uh, the I like the Broncos. They're among, you know, we all kind of have these teams that aren't our teams that are like in this box of like, I think they're cool. The Broncos have always been in that box for me. This is really like, they are actually kind of becoming Russ, which is a little bit terrifying. They're like, they're a little, and I do like all the tweets. Like they had a tweet that was like, yes, it's real. Like they are, it, like, guys, relax. Like, like you, you are a proud organization. You have some great history. You know, like it's like, I always thought when Brett Favre went to the Minnesota Vikings as an example, I always thought like, you know, he can get away with this stuff here. Brett Favre is bigger than the Minnesota Vikings. Russell Wilson is not bigger than the Denver Broncos. You know what I mean? Like you could like stand tall, Denver. You you're you're respectable in your own right. You know, have some pride. Have Denver, some self worth. You, you still don't have the best quarterback in the division, and it's not close. Like so, somebody just tweeted Carson went side by side with Ronald McDonald. Um, I, I tell you, that's what he looks like. It's really bad. Um, but yeah, you, know, you don't have the best quarterback in the division. So like, calm down you know figure it out like act professional you've guaranteed nothing you might if the broncos missed the playoffs would i be stunned hell no not in any way shape form or fashion the afc is absolutely loaded all right can i say one more thing about the russell wilson thing i just of- want to say i saw one tweet really quickly stats that was a photo of russ and his wife ciara and it this was from the broncos twitter account and they also posted there that everywhere they said king and queen of broncos country relax like, like you know like guys chill out John Elway is still the king of Broncos country. The dude went to five. Peyton, if, if 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 it's not John, it's Peyton. Peyton wants to like buy the Broncos. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like Peyton, Peyton chose you over the Colts. I mean, like, but okay. What's your one thing? Sorry. Um, a lot of people were dragging the Seahawks because in the statements that they put out after the trade became official, they expressly said, "Russ wanted out. Once we realized Russ wanted this change, we made the move." And people were dragging them as if they somehow did Russell Wilson wrong. That's the truth. That is the truth. He did want out and he wanted out for two years. What is wrong with saying it? Like, oh, they were like, Russ was so classy in his press conference. If the Seahawks are telling the truth, what's not classy about it? The reason that he is no longer in Seattle is Russell Wilson. There was no way that Pete Carroll was and John Schneider were going to voluntarily trade the best quarterback in franchise history. And by the way, I will take a little shot at Seahawks PR who tweeted out that Russ was one of the best quarterbacks in franchise history. I mean, the the runner-up in Seattle is Matt friggin' Hasselbeck, who was fine. I don't mean to drag Matt Hasselbeck. But other than that, you're talking like 
Dave Craig and Warren Moon. Like, give me a break. Russ is by far the best quarterback in franchise history. So that was bad. But the statements acknowledging that the reason he was traded is because he wanted out. I have no problem with that. You're not doing someone dirty if you're telling the truth. I agree with that 100%. And this just goes to show, I don't think Russ is slimy by any means, but how corporate he is. Like, he has been very, very very calculated with this for over a year now and in that sense i will give him full credit for executing his plan right like because he did like there is no blood on russell wilson's hands as far as seahawks fans are concerned and there should be right exactly that's my point uh but at the end of the day stats you know um it's it's a, it's a privilege Stop to play in, in the national football league i can't league. do it you know i'm i'm so fortunate that that i've i've now played for two of the, of the you know two, the two greatest organizations in the nfl and um and you know we're here to win and so broncos country let's ride oh god first of all like it's two parts there's just no part of that is good all right can i get to my final superlative here i guess i mean why do you sure. have to say it like that why can't you just be enthusiastically because all in? mine mine were better i mean than yours so i'm i mean like i know that we're about to talk about something that isn't as good as what i've already brought up and, and discussed i don't so think ahead. you do waste our time Next one I want to give out is the Welcome Back Award, I and I want to give it to ESPN and Monday Night Football. I know it's not, you know, free agency, but technically Aikman's contract was up and he switched networks, so I'm counting him as a free agent. And look, right or wrong, Monday Night Football just didn't feel big anymore. It just didn't. It, it, it just, it was, you know, they were switching announcers every year, and it just wasn't an event. Monday Night Football is supposed to be an event. That's the whole point. The game is a standalone game, and it just was lacking these past few years. Now you get Aikman and Buck in there, and it's like, boom. This is serious now. This is a big deal, right? They were always the primetime network that got the crappiest games. NBC got the best games for Sunday Night Football. Thursday night got some games because they were on NFL Network, so the league wanted to take care of itself. And then Monday night got like one or two good games, but they pretty much kind of got the leftovers. Now you got Aikman and Buck there, and I think they're going to start to get some better games, and it's just, it's back, man. When I was a kid, it was Madden and Summerall on Sundays, and then on Mondays, it was Al Michaels, it was Frank Gifford, and it was Dan Deerdorf. And when your team played on Monday Night Football, it was like the biggest thing on the planet, especially me growing up as a Niners fan. I never got to see my team play when they were on Monday night football and they put all the 49ers related stuff into the theme song, which I loved that made it feel like an event. And now that Aikman and Buck are on Monday night football, it is back, man. It is going to be so much fun. And I think ESPN deserves a little love because they paid a hell of a lot of money to make it happen. So here's the thing. I, I, I have one like point to bring this down to earth, but I'm totally with you. Like, um, and I, I agree with the point that a lot of people make, you know, in that I do not watch a game for the broadcasting, but like there's, there's no yep. time where I'm like, Oh, so like X and Y are calling the game. I will choose this over not choosing it. But like, I'm going to watch the game no matter what. However, you need to have some adults in the room and with all, like all serious respect to the people who have worked Monday night football over the last, you know, five or so years, it just has not felt that way. It has not felt serious. It is, uh, my watch, uh, wanted to contribute to the conversation, uh, <laughs> but, um, it has not felt like there is an adult in the room, like someone who knows what is happening here. And what's been worse is the like fakeness that, 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 that like they've tried to kind of lean on the image 
of Monday Night Football. As, as an example, we had uh, we had Lewis Riddick on the Blog and the Boys podcast network back at the beginning of the season when Dallas played Philadelphia. That was week three. And Lewis is awesome. Like, I'm, I don't want to, like, in, no, in any way is this a shot at Lewis. Uh, but he was talking about the game, obviously previewing the game, and he said, you know, we'll see, you know, this, what's going to happen, you know, these guys playing un- under the pressure and the bright lights of Monday Night Football. Dude, what? Like, like there's, there's no, like, added pressure because the game is on Monday Night Football. And, and like, those are the, like, the phrases and the jargon that were kind of like, you know, not only was the product bad, but it made you roll your eyes, you know, that everyone was like pretending, you know, it was like, you know, like somebody inheriting, you know, the kingdom that wasn't necessarily living up to the standard of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and had so, Booger McFarland in a floating chair. Like, I mean, come on. look, you could. Wow. Carson is on um, NFL Network now. And my goodness, uh, he also I don't know if you could see this. That's, he has a, a handkerchief in his, his, his suit jacket pocket. And that is like the the burgundy color to to match his shirt, but it has like specks of the like yellow in it. So it isn't even like a solid red in his pocket. Um, who would wear this? <laughs> Can you remember when some the last time in the NFL where someone was introduced and the press conference went horribly and it ended up working out? I don't. I remember uh, Jim Tom Sulu with the 49ers. They asked him what his offense was going to be, and he couldn't answer the question. I remember Ben McAdoo showing up the, to the, the New York Giants press suit, conference yeah. with a suit that was eight sizes too big. They never even scored 30 points in any game in his entire tenure with the Giants. Like, it's it's not going to go bad. We already know it now. It's Hot Dog Man, okay? He looks like a freaking hot dog. It's going to be a disaster. That's actually a really great barometer. We, we should do an episode on the offseason, like the weirdest ways to tell that something's going to be successful. If there's like a an epic moment in the press conference, then it typically also goes well. Um, some would debate that this actually went well. But as an example, T.O.'s get your popcorn ready moment with his great. press conference with the Cowboys. It was a great line and he was awesome for the Cowboys. You know what I'm saying? Like, so like if you have like this <gasps> moment, then it generally does go well. But back to the point. Um I'm super excited about this. Again, it's not just like people that are experienced because like the people that have, have done Monday Night Football are professionals and have done other sporting events and things like that. But this is a, a top flight duo that has done Super Bowls, that has been together. They don't have to like fake the chemistry and get to know one another. That is awesome. Troy is is arguably the best color commentator to, and most qualified color commentator to be on Monday Night Football since John Madden, I would argue. I mean, you know, not that he's John Madden, but his credentials certainly speak for themselves. Joe Buck might be, you know, honestly, the greatest play-by-play guy to ever sit in the Monday Night Football chair. I know people hate Joe Buck, but he's awesome. And Al I think Michaels. there's, I, well, I guess so. But I mean, like, I don't, like, well, yeah, Al's the goat. But I mean, still, like, Joe is. If if you're gonna be second to anybody, I mean, and it's to Al Michaels, you're doing all right. right. And I mean. I loved uh, Joe Buck had a video that he tweeted out where he just kind of like announced the news. I love that he kind of gave anytime he talks about his dad is awesome. Like when he when he talked about like listening to his dad do the the radio calls from the night football, etc. I mean, it's just it feels right. And this has felt so awkward and so wonky. And I will say personally, I will choose this over the Manning cast every time unless there is like a specific guest or something that I really want to hear from or something like that. But where I think ESPN wins here is and again, I you know, we do this for a living and whatever and, and I'm I'm obsessed in this way. I will watch the standard broadcast on Monday night 
And then Tuesday when I'm doing my work against stuff out, that's when I'll play the Manning cast. You know what I'm saying? Like to catch up and hear the commentary or whatever. I, I'm not a Manning cast guy, especially if my team is in the game, forget it. The only thing I want to hear from Peyton Manning is I want to hear him break down the game and break down situations. I want Peyton Manning to be the color analyst. That's what I want. He's He does that sometimes, but it's all about like this. It's just so stupid. It's like a broadcast for like non-hardcore football fans. They bring on cool guys and they, they chat about stuff like, give me a break. No way. Especially for the money that ESPN is paying. That's absurd. But whatever. People can. I don't care. Like, I don't have to watch it, so it's fine. But it just doesn't do it for me. Um. Okay. I have one more. I know you said that was your last one. All right. Let's so get it in quick. Okay. Uh. Wow. Why quick? Um. Anyway. Um. Mine is the Make Your Own Luck Award. All right. So today's St. Patrick's Day. You know, four leaf clovers, lots of luck. Everybody's wearing green stats, and everybody pinch stats. But <laughs> you know, this team. I actually would like you to guess who is making their own luck right now. I believe. Uh. Man. Uh, you already talked about Buffalo, so I'll say yeah. No. Buffalo fits, but against a different team, it's not the best. Okay, team. Uh, the Ravens, the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, wow, way to go, stats. I look, Zedaria Smith. I would have, I would have treated the signing like it was the greatest thing of all time if it happened with the Cowboys, <laughs> because I am that starved at this point in time. Um, you know, it's like you know, if, if you're wandering in the desert, you don't need filet mignon. You know, just give me some saltines, some Ritz crackers, and and I'll I'll be a happy camper. But I love that they. I love that the Ravens said last season did not go well. We are pissed off. Like I, I love that. I love that. Okay, we're gonna get to Darius Smith. We're gonna get Marcus Williams. We are going to add, and we are not going to just sit here and let Cincinnati run this thing. We. I love that the Baltimore Ravens are always like. I love the disposition the Bills have right now. Obviously, this is kind of a newer thing for Buffalo to be forward thinking and aggressive, etc. This has always been who the Ravens are. You can always trust that the Ravens are gonna do the right, the intelligent. Thing when it comes to building their team and i just i love to see that happening good job by the ravens shout out to kyle barber who um you know who had me on on our latest chess game i'll say shout out wow i love (laughs) that the ravens made this move because it attacks the division rival where they are weakest and i know that cincinnati made some additions to their offensive line but that is clearly still the achilles heel of that team and the ravens were like they whooped us last year let's go get Zadarius smith i know he was hurt last year but he still has 26 sacks over the last three years. The dude can rush the passer. And the Ravens, look, if you're in the AFC right now, this is what you have to do. You have no choice. You can't bring a knife to a gunfight. You better load up. Otherwise, you have no shot. You know, I tweeted out yesterday about all the, you know, the Bills are loading up, the Ravens, the Chargers made a couple of big free agent signings. Good thing the Steelers signed Mitchell Trubisky. Like, what are you doing if you're Pittsburgh? That What are you doing? That makes no sense to me. I agree with you 100%. Okay, but of, of the quarterback, the notable quarterback movements, right? So Denver wins, right? The award, right? For yep. best one with Russell Wilson. Who? What's the next best one? Which I like, don't know it, why. Why can't we just like drag the Steelers for not getting Russell Wilson? We can. I mean, I suppose. But okay, Russell like, say, Wilson is a, is a possibility. I think say, Baker, we'll say like Russell was not a hundred percent controllable factor for the Steelers, right? Because right? he because he had a no you know no trade clause. So I mean, yeah, but he ended that, up going to a team that wasn't even on his list last year. Okay, that's fine. But outside of Russell Wilson, if we concede that that's the, the very best way they could have improved, what's the next best? Carson Wentz. They didn't get Carson Wentz, right? 
Deshaun. Nope. I mean, there, there's there's some debate as to whether that route is truly worth pursuing. I mean, and the Roonies have generally handled things the right way. So, you know, maybe not their cup of tea. Um, and understandably so. So, I mean, what's what's the next best option? Like, again, I'm not trying to sit here and cape for Mitchell. And again, I think I deserve some credit because I accurately predicted the number two overall pick thing kind of still being a factor here. So shout out to me. But <laughs> this feels like this feels like lemonade out of lemons. Like, okay, you know what I'm saying? On. What was the rush to sign Mitchell Trubisky, right? What What if Deshaun Watson goes to Atlanta and Matt Ryan becomes available? He would have been I'd a viable have, option. I, I don't want Matt Ryan. Right Jimmy now. Garoppolo could have been a viable option. Gardner and Minshew would have been a much better option. My friend Stats is telling me that Jimmy Garoppolo is not a viable option. I mean, like, you don't, again, like. You don't think that Jimmy Garoppolo is an easier sell inside that locker room than Mitchell freaking Trubisky? No, because I don't know that you can also trust Jimmy to stay healthy. You know what I mean? Like, like, like Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh truly like if there's a team that that like you know gets it done with duct tape and and glue and sticks. You know what I mean? That's Pittsburgh, right? And and we trust Mike Tomlin that we talk about that never finished below five hundred, et cetera, et cetera. And so I mean, like he literally got it done with that kind of quarterback last year in Ben Roethlisberger. Do I think Mitchell Trubisky is? great no do i think he's good probably not i mean i think he's average but i think his like the floor he gives them is at the very least the floor that ben roethlisberger as of late gave them right he has a level of mobility i mean i think he's if, if there's a, a head coach white and that was among the teams interested in quarterbacks this offseason that i trust the most to to truly make lemonade it's mike tomlin he couldn't even start in the league last year rj Every team in the league was like, do we want Mitchell Trubisky as our starter? No. And what has he done since then? He's thrown eight passes, and one of them was intercepted. Like, what are we doing here? This is absurd. for this. And who was rushing to sign Mitchell Trubisky? But again, like, what's, what's the – like, they had to make some sort of move. So no, what's what's what? So what do you mean they didn't? What are they going to do? Go with Duck Hodges? Like, they had to get somebody in the okay. in the room. And so, like, who's, who's a better alternative that was a conceivable alternative this offseason? Carson Wentz? No. Again, I went through it. Gardner Minshew, much better I would rather than have Mitchell Mr. Trubisky. Based I, on I, what? Based I would, on so what? Like, based on it, the fact that it's Mike Tomlin. Like, again, like the, he's the best person at making – I would rather have the, the pairing. Like, BLG had one of the worst takes of all time a year ago when he said that he would take the combination of Ron Rivera and Ryan Fitzpatrick over Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott. I am not caping for Mike McCarthy, but Dak Prescott on his own elevates that over anything that Ron Rivera has done. So that being said, the combination of Mike Tomlin and Mitchell Trubisky is better than Gardner Minshew and like just about any head coach in the NFL. It's outside Mitchell, of Bill Belichick. Gardner Minshew has 41 touchdowns and 12 picks in his career. He's infinitely better than Mitchell Trubisky. Everybody wants to say, oh, Mitchell Trubisky, get him away from Matt Nagy. He'll be better. Just like Sam Darnold was better when he got away from Adam Gase. Like, no, thank you. The Steelers could have, they could still be waiting. First of all, they probably still could have signed Mitchell Trubisky if they waited till after this Deshaun Watson thing. They could still trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. They could have still traded for Gardner Minshew. They, I, they'll probably end up drafting a quarterback in the draft anyway. But I just think it's absurd that that's who the Steelers are bringing to this fight. They think that the best, if you were TJ Watt, are you telling me you'd rather have Mitchell Trubisky or Jimmy Garoppolo? At least with Garoppolo, you can say, look, in the exact same situation in San Francisco, in a tough division, the dude has gone to the NFC Championship game at least in two out of the last three years. It's amazing stats how you are now Jimmy Garoppolo's biggest fan. No, it really I'm, is amazing. here's what I'm saying. I'm saying Jimmy Garoppolo is an easier sell than Mitchell Trubisky, and that's a pretty low freaking bar.
I don't care if he's an easier sell. If the Steelers organization, if Mike Tomlin has studied them and prefers Mitchell Trubisky, there are not a lot of coaches who I would give the benefit of the doubt to and would trust that instinct over anybody else. Mike Why? Tomlin is one of them. When has Mike Tomlin ever proven any ability to scout quarterbacks? We don't I mean, know, the, right? The fact that he's like dragged, you know, non-Ben Roethlisberger quarterbacks to successful seasons. That's how. Like he, Successful seasons is not finishing below 500. That's the in, ball. In the, in the totality of it all, it is successful. I mean, he is extremely successful. And he's they have had incredible offenses in Pittsburgh under his regime. And so, I mean, he has the benefit of the doubt as far as I'm concerned. But stats, I have to tell you something that has uh, emerged. Um, <laughs> Carson Wentz said that he already owned the jacket yeah. before, <laughs> before this. Um PFF Sam Monson has a great point. He tweeted and said, I would be out on Wentz just for that. Um, like, how did you own this? Like, how? What? I mean, like. Um, it's just bad. It's 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 going. It's just a car crash in slow motion. We all can see it happening. You know, you ever have those dreams where you can see yourself like you're trying to run away from something, but you can't go fast. Like you can't move. You're going super slow. That's what it's like with Carson Wentz. Like Washington is just getting sucked into a black hole and it's just going to be terrible. I actually would, would put it a very different way. Um, like as an example, when I was in college and I would, I would go study like late hours at the library, you know, like there would be these moments where like, you know, you would just be in, in, in like a room of the library and you would be like, how did I end up here? You know, <laughs> like, you know, like what, what decisions did I make in life that, <laughs> you know, like that led to me being in this room at this moment, you know, like that, like, and it would be this like existential thought that I would have. I, I, I had to feel like if you're a commanders fan, you feel that way. Like I tweeted this out myself. It, it, the, the opening seconds of the video, it, it, it's uh, something like, what's up, Commanders fans? This is Carson Wentz. That sentence is insane. <laughs> like, you know, but it's it's real. It's crazy. There's that, like, thing on TikTok where it's, hi, that's me. You're probably wondering how I got here. Like That that's... thing on TikTok, you mean that thing from Loki? How dare you? What are you talking about? That's from Loki. Okay, but it's also on TikTok. And more people yeah, have but, probably okay. seen it on TikTok than on Loki. Wow, Stats thinks that Disney Plus has low subscribers after he just backed, you know, uh, ABC's less subscribers than TikTok. Yeah, I do. Wow, 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 wow! How wow. dare you? All right, that's gonna do it for this edition of the Look Ahead. If you agree with us, you disagree with us, whatever, hit us up on Twitter. I am at Stats on Fire. He is at RJ Ochoa. Or better yet, leave us a rating and a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to the show. I promise you, if you take the time to leave a review on iTunes or wherever you get your pods. We will take the time to read it on the show. RJ, final prediction. Does Deshaun Watson get traded today on Thursday? Yes. I agree. Enjoy it, everybody. We'll be back next week. Happy St. Patrick's Day. <laughs>